Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about what it means to have your employees back. I'm going to share a story of a leader who changed both my career and the performance of our business by one simple act. Are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to episode five of the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today we're going to talk about what leadership looks like when things go wrong. Unfortunately, too many managers today don't understand the power of supporting their employees. Many won't back up their team members when things go bad. As soon as anything casts the shadow on the leader, they abandon their people. They don't step up and take responsibilities. They're looking out for their own careers. They'll walk away and let employees take the fall, or worse, they'll throw them under the nearest bus. These bosses want all the glory, but they don't want to take any blame for failures. These are the worst kind of bosses. But there is a better way, and we're going to explore that today. But before we dive in, I wanted to ask you a question. I've been talking a lot about the subject of persistence on my Twitter feed this week. I believe it's the most important characteristic for employees to demonstrate. I look for this trait when I hire people because I believe persistent people are hard to beat. When faced with difficulties, they don't get depressed, they act. When they get hit, they punch back twice as hard. They don't quit. They are difficult to compete against, which is why I want them on my team. Psychologist and author Angela Duckworth calls it grit, a special blend of passion and persistence. She says that grit is, and I'll quote her here, the hallmark of high achievers in every domain. So I'll throw it out to you. Do you agree that persistence is the most important characteristic for employees to demonstrate? Reach out to me on Twitter this week and let me know what you think. You can reach me at John S. Rennie, and that's John with no H. So let me tell you a story. My first job out of the Navy was in design engineering. I was hired by a large global company to be part of an engineering team to develop a new product. We were designing a piece of electrical apparatus that would be safer than anything else on the market. The type of product we were working on was a piece of gear that contained 15,000 volts of electricity through it. And the problem with this equipment over the years is that if there was a failure, if there was a short in the equipment, People would get hurt. These things would explode violently and uh, the parts could kill people. The gases coming out could kill people or injure them severely. So we were on a project or I was on this project to make this gear safer. And it had been done in Europe. They have tried this and had been successful in Europe, but no company in the U.S. had ever put out a product like this. And it was mostly because the configuration of the U.S. gear was completely different than the European gear. It was very difficult to do. 
So I was the lead mechanical engineer on this project to develop and design this new safer form of gear that would protect employees that were around the gear. And this was a very visible project. Everybody was watching us because this project represented a big shift in our company. We were going to become a very highly uh, technical company, and this would prove our ability to design something very difficult, very technical, and it would put us at the forefront uh, in the market. So we were working on this project, and our competitor was working on it as well. So this was a bit of an arms race. We were trying to become first to, to market, and they were also trying to become first to market. So there was a lot of uh, visibility on this project. There was a lot of attention on this project. This was really important to the future of our company. And I was in the center of it. I was the lead mechanical engineer responsible for designing the construction of this equipment. So I was trying to design a product that wouldn't explode, that would, would control, if, if there was a fault, the, the pressure would stay inside the gear and all of the gases and the pressure would shoot out the top of the gear and, and keep everybody safe that were standing around the gear. That was the whole objective. I had studied as best I could to understand ex explosion-proof con containers and, and how to control an explosion, how to control the pressure wave, the uh, dealing with the shock wave. I had done my best to try to account for all these different things. I really felt strongly that I had dealt well with the pressure rise, but I was still a little worried about the shock wave. That was really, really hard to calculate how that would impact the gear. Regardless, we had to get to the lab. We had to go to a high power test lab up in Pennsylvania and actually test this gear. There was a process and a, and a standard for how to test this equipment. And we had to build a prototype and we had to get up to the lab and we had to prove that we had the safest gear out there. Um, so we had to build this gear, which cost us thousands of dollars to build a prototype, to, uh, to uh, arrange to have the lab time. We had to have things like a high-speed camera and camera operator. We had inspectors in, like the UL inspector, and to make sure that, you know, if we passed this test, we would be, you know, we would have the best gear out there, and we'd have people, inspectors there to, that could back this up. So very, very public, very, very visible project. I was in charge. We take our equipment, our prototype, up to the test lab, and we spent all morning getting ready for the test. So you can imagine a lot of attention on us, a lot of attention on this test. This was a very important test for our company, the future of our company. By about noon, we were ready to go. The lab was ready, our equipment was ready, there was no backing down. Every eye in the control room was looking at this gear, which was sort of across the parking lot into this uh, test bay area. Every eye was, was looking at this gear. We knew that this test was the future of our company. So it was go time, the operators pressed the button, they put the fault current on it, 15,000 volts went into the gear, it was shorted across three phase, and there was a very large explosion. 
And unfortunately, my worst fears were realized. The equipment exploded violently. Parts flew off in every direction. It wasn't just a failure, it was an absolute disaster. The equipment didn't do as it was designed. In fact, it did just the opposite. It blew up, and if anyone was around it, they would have been hurt or killed. It was a public disaster, and I was responsible for that test. I was the lead mechanical engineer. I was responsible for that design. The product was destroyed. So I, once it was safe, I walked over to the test bay and, you know, and looked at the damage. I mean, nothing was there. It was just a smoking carcass of what was once the equipment I had designed. It was just the smell of burnt copper and the feeling that uh, my career was over. My career, I felt, looked like that smoking carcass of burnt equipment. Uh, my future was done. I knew I had to call my boss, and I knew it wouldn't be good, and I probably would lose my job for this. I was very discouraged. I felt like my days in design engineering were probably over. Before I continue with the story, let's take a quick break. Thanks for listening to Deep Leadership. We'll be right back after a brief intermission. Hey, leaders. If you're anything like me, you drink coffee to power you through the morning. But what about in the afternoons? For me, I start getting sleepy and unfocused around 2 p.m. So I've tried a bunch of different things to try to get me recharged and refocused. I've tried energy drinks. I've tried that stuff that's supposed to last five hours. Most were expensive and caused you to crash later in the afternoon. I was introduced to a new product from a fellow veteran. He told me to try Strike Force Energy. Strike Force is a veteran-owned company founded by a Navy SEAL and their products are all made in the USA. Strike Force Energy is a liquid flavor pack that you can add into any beverage. It has zero calories, zero carbs, and zero sugar. Each pack contains 80 milligrams of caffeine. I actually add two packs to a liter of water in the afternoon. I get my water, my energy, and the great taste of Strike Force Energy throughout the afternoon. I personally prefer the original flavor, although the other flavors are pretty good as well. Lemon I like as well. Strike Force Energy is offering a discount to all the listeners of the Deep Leadership Podcast. Go to strikeforceenergy.com and enter the discount code I have the watch. And that's one word, I have the watch, for a 20% discount on your order. So that's strikeforceenergy.com and enter the discount code I have the watch, one word, I have the watch, for a 20% discount on your order. Strike Force Energy, fuel for your fight. And we're back. So at this point, if we talk about our story, the product had failed. Uh, I was at the in the test bay. I was looking at my failed equipment. I knew I had to call my boss. So I returned to the control room, and I was depressed. I was like a man heading for the gallows. I knew I had to call my boss. I had to give him the details, and I expected this would be the end of my career at this company. So I called him, told him what happened, and I expected the worst, and I was shocked at his response. He said to me, do you know why it failed? And my answer was yes. 
Then he asked, do you know how to fix it? Again, my answer was also yes. Without any emotion, he said, well, get back here and get the redesign done so you can return to the lab. Right then, I knew my boss had my back. Instead of chastising me, he encouraged me. Instead of losing my job, he had given me a new assignment. My respect for him skyrocketed. After that interaction, I knew I had a good boss and I wanted wanted to make him proud. And I did. I worked 24-7 on the redesign. I got back to our factory, back to the design uh, uh, area, and we um, worked with my, my fellow engineers and we worked nonstop so that we could get back to the lab and pass all the tests. And the thing is, we did. In, in a short month later, we had built a new prototype and we had went back to the lab and we passed every test. We were the first to the market with this new technology. This happened to me over 20 years ago and I can still remember exactly how I felt on that phone that day. I felt empowered knowing I had a boss who would stand behind me even if I made a mistake. He put my career ahead of his own. You know, and I'm sure his reputation suffered for the delays, the expense, the visible failure. But you know what? He never mentioned it to me at all. He knew I was doing something that had never been done before, and there was a chance for failure. He stood behind me and motivated me to get back up and keep going. And in the end, it was a huge success. We, as a company, as a design team, we received several patents, awards, and there was huge industry recognition for our work. We had developed something that was incredibly safe, and we had put in a new technology that made it safer for the operators who would be around this type of equipment. We successfully leapfrogged the competition, and we introduced a new groundbreaking technology. By the way, that was my dog. That's my dog. That's Marley. Uh, You're going to hear that from time to time in these podcasts. So we successfully leapfrogged the competition, introduced a groundbreaking technology, and we became the leading uh, provider of this equipment in the industry. Our product became the gold standard for safety, and our orders followed. We made millions from this uh, new technology and getting it out into the marketplace. The company was enormously successful because one leader had my back. Unfortunately, many bosses don't understand the power of supporting their employees. Too many bosses won't back up their team members when bad things happen. And that's because they're looking out just for themselves. As soon as anything casts a shadow on on them as a leader, they abandon their people. They don't want to get in trouble. They're looking out for their own careers. They want themselves to be successful and they could care less about their employees They walk away and let employees take the fall. That's the worst type of boss. When something goes wrong, they immediately leave the employees hanging, or even worse, they throw the employees under the bus. They they point the finger of blame on those employees. These are the bosses that want all the glory but don't want to take any blame for the failure. And the thing is, everyone in the organization knows it. When you have a leader like this who won't take the blame, who's, who's just in it for the glory, everybody knows about it. And it deeply affects the culture and the morale. Think about this. When everybody knows that they have a boss that won't back them up when something happens, they're going to stop taking chances. They're going to stop trying new things. 
They're going to stop pushing the envelope of what's possible. They're afraid to fail. And that fear just grinds the organization to a halt. The organization becomes stagnant and good people start looking for other opportunities. For me, I'll never forget the kindness of that boss and the second chance he gave me. And really, it sparked in me a, 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 what led to, to a long career in this industry for me. And it changed the reputation of our company overnight. And it was simply because one boss had my back and he backed me up when something bad happened and we, we were able to make, um, you know, redesign the product, come back and make something amazing happen just because he had my back. So I like this quote from uh, Henry Stewart Mackenzie Burns. He says, a good manager is someone who isn't worried about their career, but rather the careers of those who work for them. This is what it means to have your employees back. And this boss had my back. So think about this uh, issue as you go through this, this week. What kind of boss are you? What do you do when bad things happen? Do you stand up? Do you have your employees back? Or do you let them take the fall? Part of being a leader is being responsible. And when you say you're responsible, that means you're responsible for everything that happens on your watch, including failure. So how do you deal with failure? How do you deal with um, when one of your employees uh, does something that's uh, wrong and, and you have to take the blame for it? So think about that this week. So if you like this story and you were looking for more stories like this, uh, you can pick up a copy of my latest book, I Have the Watch, Becoming a Leader Worth Following. It's filled with 23 short stories like this one on how you can become a more effective leader. It's super easy to read, and most people finish it in less than two hours. So go to IHaveTheWatch.com for more information. And by the way, this book has been on the Amazon bestseller list now for seven months in the category of business teams. So to thank all the listeners of this podcast, uh, I'm offering a special discount for signed copies of the book. So go to IHaveTheWatch.com and click the link for signed copies and enter the discount code Deep Leadership at checkout for 20% off. That's Deep Leadership, one word. Uh, and as always on my website, domestic shipping is free. Well, that's it for today. Think about this topic this week um, and reach out to me on Twitter and let me know what you think. Um, tell me a story. Have you uh, backed up an employee or have you been in a situation where you had a boss that backed you up when things happened. Let me know. Reach out to me on Twitter. It's John S. Rennie, uh, John with no H. Uh, and if you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Thank you. 
ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a beautiful different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Hey.